Another busy week and a lot of people asking a lot of questions about why the market is doing what the market was doing this week. Although there are a number of factors out there that we can talk about. I think there are probably a couple of pretty big ones we're going to talk about with the boys coming up here. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. You know, I tell you about this all the time. Do you like to eat? Then you should have an Indiana Farm Bureau membership because you would be supporting local farmers with it. The Allen County Farm Bureau says, look, uh, if you get one, you get a lot of neat benefits with it when you become a member. You get discounts on things like hotels and computers and cars and trucks. But most of all, the Farm Bureau is fighting to make sure farm families can keep on farming. And that is a critical point. Support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Well, David, this week, there were a couple of days where it was just breathtaking, the the amount of loss in the grain market. I had a lot of questions from a lot of people saying, why is it tanking so hard? Why is it going down so much? Well, you know, there are a number of things at play right now, but there are a couple, David, I think that perhaps are more dominant than others. Yeah, for me, and I mentioned this on Tuesday morning's broadcast, that there's a seasonal sell-off typically here in June because we've got the crop planted. It looks pretty good. I know we did see some crop condition losses in Illinois, but it's so good right now. It's not a big deal. But I think it was a seasonal sell-off. Plus, last Friday, the funds started to sell because everybody's been talking about this drought that's developing and the weather forecast on Friday started to change to less droughty. And then as we went along this week, the forecast got clearer and said it's not going to be near as hot as they thought. And we're going to get some rain in some areas. And I think that really, really tanked the market. But then at the same time, you had the Russian spring wheat crop at a record. And they're also adding a new tax on their wheat. It's up to $146 per ton. That's going to go on, I think, to change the market quite a bit. And at the same time, AgroConsult, the Brazilian consultation from down there, added to both the corn and the bean crop down (laughs) in Brazil. So we just got a huge firestorm of negative news at the market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And John, I'd like to have you expand on David's point there about the funds, because the funds were pretty long and, you know, the funds have created a significant amount of insanity in the market recently. And this week, it seemed like that was a significant part of what was going on with the drop in the market. No doubt about it, Rob. The funds uh, had huge length in this market, and it's been building for a long time. And, and you know, the, the old saying that a bull market needs to be fed, but ran out of food. And we got more bearish news, we got bullish news. And David pointed out the crop conditions. We had a good spring planting season. The crop went in very well. We lost a few acres, but not too many overall. And it was one of the best starts in a long time. And the conditions report coming out last week, it went down a couple of points, but it was still 70% good, excellent. When you've got a 70% good, excellent crop at this time of the year, the market's going to drop. You know, seasonally, it tends to drop in June if the crop's off to a good start. And that was the case this year. And who's in there with huge positions long and no bullish news to keep them going are the funds. <laughs> and they got large positions. So the, the bells went off and the, and the signal said, sell, sell, sell. And the funds start selling. And, of course, that sets off more stop losses and the whole thing just uh, uh, mushrooms on itself. And here we go into a huge downward correction. There was some days in there where there were 30,000 contracts sold by the funds. They're driving the market right now. It's probably gotten oversold somewhat, maybe. We did have a you know tremendous sell-off. But, yes, the funds were the driving force because they had such big positions and they got caught long. And, uh-oh, nobody to buy. Yeah. So they start selling and here we go. John, along those same lines, the fact that we're coming to the end of the month and end of a quarter and 
going into a holiday weekend. Got to believe that that at least a little bit factors into it as well. Oh, absolutely, of course. And of course, we're coming to the crucial weekend of the whole season, the growing season, that is. Typically, weather patterns tend to change around the first week of July. And of course, we've got a three-day weekend coming up. So the markets, of course, will be focused on the weather and what the forecast is coming in uh, on Tuesday after the uh, 4th of July weekend, which is coming up in a week. So yes, this market has got a very crucial period ahead of it. And look at this, John. We've got the Allendale estimates for the grain stocks and for the acreage. My goodness, the corn number up a little bit, 89.642. And the March number was 89.490. But look at this. The soybean number Allendale's predicting is 92,375. What? Yes, 90.955 was the March number. My goodness. I, I think that, you know, we saw more corn acres coming, and Allendale's definitely backing that up. But to add over last year, 87,195, that's 5 million acres and change over last year. My yeah, goodness. I think that might be a little too much, David. We'll see. Uh, but the point is, what's coming up next week? We talk about right. this uh, the 4th of July weekend how crucial that is but we got a huge report coming yes, out we do. yep coming out on thursday and uh, john i'll let you take a first whack at that ball because we've been talking about it for probably four weeks you know when we came into june we were talking about the june wasdy report and john you were the first one to say that don't bother the big report is at the end of the month so now we got a little bit of a derecho cooking here you know because we're going into a long holiday weekend we're the end of the month the end of the quarter and we get this report on thursday john what do you expect well, frankly, I think the corn acres numbers are going to be bigger than what Allendale's projecting, uh, and they're very similar to some of the other projections, although IHS market is looking for an increase in corn acres. I'm in that camp, and I'm saying that because you, we go to the last half of May, and we got off to a slow start with planting, but we caught up in the last half of May. The weather was favorable for planting, and frankly, we know the Iowa and the Illinois farmers really prefer to plant corn and new crop corn prices. Old crop corn prices have been quite attractive. I think that we have more switching or more corn acres planted, what the market realizes. So my own personal opinion, right or wrong, is I think we're going to get a report that's going to have more than expected corn acres and maybe a few less expected soybean acres. Okay, David, are you going to side with your alma mater there at Allendale or where are you at? No, I have to really put myself in the middle between John and Allendale. You know, I want to see a corn acreage over 90 million. Okay, I don't see a problem with that at all. But this bean acreage at 92, 375, I have a hard time accepting that. I can go 91 and a half. I mean, if you really, really pushed me, I'd go 91.8. But that 92, 375, it's like you hit your thumb with a hammer right? when you saw that. Like, yo! <laughs> with you on that, Dave, although I think that, uh, frankly, I'm going to say even more corn acres. I think we're looking at something closer to 91. Possibly 1.5. I won't go to 91.5 now, but I will kind of stick with 91.8. So uh, everybody place your bets based on what you just heard. Speaking of things going up, John, I'll give this one to you first. Uh, coming out of Brazil, analysts have raised Brazil's crop estimates. Brazil acreage higher than thought. Sabrina corn crop estimated up 1.6 million metric tons. Production now 115 million metric tons. I start to feel like a yo-yo watching these things. You know, it's been up and down. <laughs> Down and up and down all season long. What do you think about those numbers? Uh, I, I don't disagree with them at all. I mean, this happens an awful lot. How many years have we gone through the season and when they have a short crop and they have weather problems and the market overestimates the damage? I mean, we that, that's routine. It's, it's almost like clockwork. When they get bullish, they get too bullish, they overestimate the damage and they underestimate the crop size. And when they hit the fields, whoa, wait a minute, there's more out there than we thought. 
But let's bear in mind that the, what I have read is, is most of the increase in that production is not coming from yield. It's coming from there were more acres planted than what we had thought they planted. Oh, yeah. High prices, guess what? More acres. David, we talk a lot about weather. We talk about the concerns about potential drought here in the Midwest. EU is reporting heavy drought losses, David. What have you heard on that? Yeah, the French and the Spanish wheat crop have suffered mightily. Germany had a record heat down, uh, had a 103.2 Fahrenheit temperature there in Germany. Now, they're mainly corn. It's mainly cut for silage in Germany, but it will have an effect on their crops. But then bleed over to Italy. They've got weather problems, too, with high temperatures. And also go into Greece and go into the eastern part of Europe, especially when you get south of Russia. Now, they've had pretty good weather this spring, but Ukraine hasn't had the best weather either. And from what I can see, Turkey definitely wants that Russian wheat that they're harvesting, you know, from the Sevastopol that they've transferred from Ukraine. So there's a huge, huge problem here with trying to get the food stabilized in some areas that, you know, aren't really on the map at this point. But I think people need to look ahead and look about sustainable food supplies, especially for next year. David, you and I have been talking about uh, palm oil this week because we saw the price of palm oil go down. But then I hear Indonesia is increasing palm oil exports throughout the course of the week. I'm, I'm watching soybeans and trying to figure out how these conflicting news reports are affecting the soybean complex. Yeah, they came out with a report from them that said they're going to hire 40 more employees. Now, they need hundreds of employees, but that's all it took is the 40 more, you know, and Chicken Little came out and started, you know, yelling about the sky is falling. And then they, they also said, you know, well, we're going to hire 150 more. Well, yeah, are you, are you going to hire ghosts at that point? Because you just don't have the people to climb up these trees and try and harvest the date bulbs. Oh, it's just an amazing story. But the market always seizes the news, even though it's not factual or not, just the fact that it's bearish news. And, you know, it's a funny thing. It seems like bear markets attract bearish news and bull markets attract bullish news. Because I'll be honest with you, Rob, you don't want to go in the air with a report that's bullish when the market's bearish. And I think the market seizes on these little tidbits of news trying to foster the reason why the market went down was because of this when it really doesn't fit. Palm oil prices dropped 10% uh, just in one yeah. day last week. Yeah, that that's what was confusing to me. It was like, okay, why didn't we see a commensurate impact on the soybean complex? I'd like to point out, though, Rob, you know, looking at last week and how, how ugly things got, the soybeans took out their January low. That's a five months ago. Yeah, right. That the market went that far back. That's one heck of a drop in just in one week. And, uh, you know, wheat prices lost everything that they gained after the Ukraine-Russia war began. We had that huge rally and within the Last this past week, wheat prices went right back down to where they were before the war started. Shocking when you think about it. New crop corn features dropped 90 cents in three days. <laughs> That's why it was so breathtaking this week. Were those kind of losses just incredible? David, uh, as we go into the 4th of July weekend, you know, we talk about uh, what's going to be going on the grill. And I saw this week that uh, June 1st cattle on feed report was up uh, a little bit, not a lot, but wondering on where we're at as we go into the 4th of July weekend for uh, both beef and pork. Yeah, it was interesting because we flipped the May numbers because placements were up and marketings were not as expected. But we had placements down 2% and marketings up 2%. So we kind of realigned everything here. But I'm hearing that we're getting an excellent retail interest for 4th of July. The retailers are taking stocks out of the freezer. I'm really pleased with that. And the demand is still strong for beef. I'm really, really glad for that, even with these high prices. But like I've said before, it's switching now to the select cuts instead of the uh, choice. Right. But at this time, 
everybody's staying home, Rob. We're yeah. not going out to restaurants. And that home-cooked meal is using more beef. That is helping out the beef market. We've been seeing some excellent gains there. And the cattle market's even responding to it also. Well, I can't even afford the gas to drive anywhere. So, of course, I'm going to barbecue in the backyard. All right, we come to the end of our time, but there is a guy who uh, never is at a loss for words, and that would be John Cavanaugh. John, I, you know, with so much going on, John, I got to believe that we missed any number of things. What's on your radar? Well, we keep talking about the various news in soybean complex, and there's one piece of news out there that really did not get much attention this week, and that is the uh, inventory of soybean meal in China. Their uh, estimate that came out for the 1st of June, soybean meal inventory in China tripled what it was the previous month. Yeah. Oh, oh my. Tripled! And what happened was is that a lot of uh, soybean meal had been purchased. The vessels all landed about the same time, so they unloaded large amounts of soybean meal prior to the month of June going back to May. At the same time that happened, their demand dropped off. So they had big inventories of, you know, they were short meal. They got they got a lot of vessels, but they were bought. They got unloaded. They built up their inventories. The demand dropped. Oops. Soybean meal prices dropped accordingly. So the soy complex got a lot of bearish news this past week. John, does this imply that their feed demand is going to drop for corn also? Yes, it does. You know, high prices apparently have cut demand. Yeah, that's what high prices are supposed to do. Thanks, guys. See why we keep them around? They are just a bundle of knowledge. Brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. Uh, Let's see a show of hands. How many trust that the current collection of politicians in D.C. understand the issues for farmers surrounding the waters of the U.S.? WOTUS. Yeah, you got it. Not many. They just don't have a clue about some of the you know things that are proposed that will have an impact on farming and farm families. But that's why we have the Farm Bureau, probably one of the best organizations to share the voice of farm families all across the U.S. So support your Farm Bureau with a membership. That's where it starts, right here in your local county. Support your local county Farm Bureau with that membership by simply going online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.